0: Welcome to issue number two of Not All Podcasts Wear Capes. Where we discuss science fiction, fantasy, heroic, and superheroic stories in whichever form they come. Hey, Spade. What's up, T? This issue, we are going to be discussing... The new Marvel movie that will begin shooting in August, The Eternals, which will be released in November 2020. But before that, Anthony, you have a little bit of comic book news over here. Yeah, Well, not so much as news, but have you been reading The Walking Dead? You know what? I stopped with the trade paperback 26, not because I was like, oh, I decided to stop at any point. It's just I kind of... Faded out. That was the episode, the issue where um, uh, Negan killed Alpha of the Whispers. That was the last Oh, wait,
1: episode. wait, wait. Let's, let's, uh, heavy spoilers for Walking Dead. Heavy, heavy spoilers, right? Oh, oh, geez. Yeah. Right. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, heavy spoilers for Walking Dead. Yeah. So, yeah. The, but this is the comic book, and the comic book is. Significantly different than the television show.
1: From the TV show, yeah, yeah and exactly. And exactly.
0: you're not a Walking Dead comic book reader if you haven't gotten past issue 26 at this point.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about issues 191 and 192. So last month, I was a couple issues behind, and I, I usually read reviews like when the, they come out, spoiler-free, just kind of gauging what I'm in for. Because for the last uh, year and a half, it's been, I don't want to say boring but it's been slow moving. We'll we'll go with that. It's it's still been pretty pretty good. Um, but this is usually one of the comic books that I stay on top of and try and read. Uh, you know, the first day or two when it comes out. So last month, people were were saying, "Hey, you got to check out the Walking Dead. You got to check out the Walking Dead." Uh, so I read it, and on the last page, they uh, they shot Rick, and wow. you know, so for the, yeah, so for the last month, everybody's been like, "Oh, Rick's gonna get out of this one. How's he gonna get out of this one? You know, because." It's the Walking Dead. Things happen um, for people that watch the show who who don't uh, read the comics. In the comics, Rick Rick actually has one hand. It, it got chopped off way back when.
0: Yeah, in the in the television show, he just kind of walked around with his hand bandaged for a couple of seasons or something like that. The kind of tip of the hat to him losing an arm. Right. Yeah.
1: They they, they give nods to it. So anyway, it, you know, the issue ended with with him getting shot, and uh, today it picks up. And so everybody's like,
0: "Oh, is he dead? Is he dead? Is he going to die? What happened?" Right. right. So
1: so that's been a conversation for the last month because it's like, "Hey, Rick's kind of untouchable." Basically, it it almost suffered from the same problem of Game of Thrones where plot this, armor. the the com Yeah, well the 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 comic basically was killing off characters to the point where there's really not that many interesting characters left. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason why I haven't really been reading it constantly. I mean, uh the characters that are alive in the comics that have been there from the beginning are are basically Rick, uh, Michonne, and Carl. And aside from that, everybody else has come in and out. So part of the problem that I had is the newer characters just aren't as interesting as the older ones. Um, But then today, 3, 2, 1, major spoiler, uh, opens up with uh, Rick there. You know, he's been shot. And uh, gets shot about five or six more times. And before you know it, he's laying in bed, and there's just... um, you know, they answered right off the bat. They they actually killed Rick. They uh, they had a two or I think a three uh, splash page of him just laying in the bed. And, uh, you know, he got shot while he was sleeping. And, uh, yeah, so Carl goes to get him for breakfast in the morning. And when he opens the door, there's zombie Rick. And uh, if you weren't sure if Rick was dead, Carl actually shoots him again and uh, <laughs> takes him out.
0: Oh, man. And, wow.
1: And they, they, uh, That's huge. Yeah, so – yeah, so they ended last issue with a comma, and began this one with about seventeen exclamation points. Oh and, wow! Uh, I'm just I'm I'm interested to see where they go because to me it seems like it could be wrapping up shortly, but Kirkman says that's not the case. So I'm very interested to see what they're gonna do.
0: And they never they never went into explain the zombie crisis or any governmental thing. It's just them still trying to. Uh, you know string together a little bit of society and and bring bring back some kind of normalcy in a in a in their crazy crazy world that they find themselves in yeah well exactly um, talking about exclamation points um uh anthony and i read the first seven issues of the eternals
1: The original Eternals, the Jack Kirby run Eternals.
0: Mid-70s, Jack King Kirby. Not
1: the uh, Neil Gaiman stuff. Although we
0: we, we do want to do that. Oh, man, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So those of you who don't know um, the Eternals, this is the Marvel version of DC's New Gods. And Jack Kirby wrote New Gods for DC. And the New Gods were dark side uh the big darth vader of the dc universe and then uh, jack kirby would jump between dc and marvel all the time and you see a lot of the same themes character themes that go on so jack kirby created captain america there back in the early 40s and then he created he when he jumped from timely comics which is proto marvel he jumped over to dc he created the guardian the guy with the gold shield so they're very similar um When Jack Kirby was with DC for a spell, he created um, a group of characters called Challengers of the Unknown. They wore these little purple outfits and they look a whole lot like the Fantastic Four, which he created for Marvel almost 10 years later. Um, Adventures, think the Challengers of the, the Unknown are, think, Fantastic Four without powers. And then he created the new gods, Darkseid and the bunch for DC and then he moved over to Marvel he immediately created the Eternals and I know I have a lot of stuff over here
1: yeah i i feel like i'm reading the comics where there's this great massive piece of art and then four or five sentences of exposition that they got you got to get through if for anybody that reads comics now they pretty much one or two sentences, a couple words here and there, or the art basically spells out everything for you. But if you go back and read stuff from the seventies, eighties, I guess even the nineties, right? There was tons of exposition of, uh, you know, this guy is thinking this right now. And then, you know, you read the panel, I'm thinking this right now. So, you know, there, there's a lot of that uh, going on.
0: Yeah. And, and none of the sentences stop with a period virtually like nine out of 10 sentences in this comic book ends with an exclamation point. And if they don't, it ends with a question mark. And it's, but it's bombastic like that. I'm going to use that word again. But I mean, this this comic book lives out loud. Uh, We'll go with a little bit of history uh, for the Eternals because it's impossible to do it. People are doing videos that are like an hour and a half long and they're only scratching the surface because it has such a a convoluted and complicated storyline that has been retconned so many times uh, that it's uh, really kind of tough to wrap your mind around. But um, so brass tacks, just what the Eternals are. Millions of years ago, this race of uh, Statue of Liberty-sized space beings come to Earth and they mess around with um, uh, the genetic code of proto-human species on planet Earth. From that, they create the deviants. Well, I mean, they basically look like monkeys. Right, right, right. right. So it's like Homo habilis or something right? like that, right, right? Yeah, yeah. So they create the celest- They c- They create the deviants, human beings, and the Eternals. The Eternals. Right. So the Eternals are these god-like immortal super-powered beings human beings are us and then the deviants are these uh, distorted
1: the bad guys the bad guys
0: distorted and deformed creatures who are always in flux and their genetic code is always in flux and they're so kind of like oh the good-looking they're they're like mutants basically yeah 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 pretty much In, in looks yeah yeah but more like the morlocks Right, 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 right. More, okay. more like yeah. the Morlocks version of it, right? So Angel would be like a celestial, and then the uh, from the X Men and um, the Morlocks, which are more they hid underground because their their mutant appearances, right, 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 right. So it's that kind of thing, and you know that's a trope, but we'll talk about that in a little. But we'll talk about it right now. There's that trope, and what things that are problematic with it, of course, is this this idea, especially it goes all the way back to Dick Tracy where. Um, uh, the ugly characters are the bad ones and the good-looking characters are the good ones and it's very kind of awful like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty on the nose when you're reading. There's no <laughs>
0: yeah. nothing really left to the imagination. They, they haven't heard beauty is only skin deep. Um, and this race of Eter- uh, Eternals are the basis for... Like 90% of mythology from around the world and religious traditions, they kind of saw the celestials doing things, you know, 10,000 years ago. And then they just said, oh, those are the angels or those are the Hindu gods or those are South American gods or those are uh, Mount Olympus. And really what the Eternals are, are a, a proxy for the Greek gods. Right. So it's pretty well, much. What's their home? What's their home? Their home is Olympia. Olympia, which is a city right. on top of really high mountains so it could stay away from human beings, right? So, um, And, and we'll, you'll see when we go over the characters how they completely line up perfectly. One to one ripoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one to one ripoff. And, and, and that even changes by adding characters. But how about this, Anthony? Tell me, first seven issues, uh, what happened in the story?
1: So basically you have, like like we were talking about before, the birth of what the Eternals are. Um, if you've seen some of the Marvel movies, there's have been uh, instances that have kind of influenced, or been influenced by the Eternals, I would say. The, the uh, Race of Aliens attacks New York, um, similar to the end of the Avengers. There's uh, stuff from Thor where you have a uh, superpowered being who, in this case, is his name is Ike Harris, who is Icarus and when T actually pointed it out to me I felt like Mo on the Simpsons where they're like oh Seymour Butts is on the phone I'm like why didn't I make that connection that that's how you would actually say it um you know so, so Icarus is like your main character and uh he he's hanging around with some humans similar to like Thor was with Jane and uh Dr. Selvig in the Thor movies and uh basically just a lot of exposition explaining what they are they they have a uh, Underground, um, I don't want to say lairs. What, what would you call it? It's them, a like city. Tunes, the city, basically? right? Like, c- underground city oh. un- under like pyramids.
0: Oh, basically. that okay. Those were the the chambers of the gods, and so there was nobody there. Those okay. are just ancient ruins that had the 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 hidden technology to be able to summon the celestials, the the quote unquote space gods, right?
1: Right, and and Icarus is basically or Icarus he he's looking for. With a beacon, right? You want to turn on the beacon right, to right. call other Eternals to, to Earth, basically, is is your story for, for the most part. And
0: then one the Celestials are, are called from this beacon, and they come down, these Statue of Liberty-sized space gods, and they land on – they land. And this takes place in uh, – it looks very similar to the Nazca Lines uh, in Peru, and they're talking about how they're an in Incan – this is all uh, South American Incan, oh yeah, architecture and art surrounding all these yep. things, and and one of the, the beautiful things I think of, and that what what makes really Jack Kirby a master is this, uh, you know, this bombastic visual and storytelling ideas, and and how visually the scale of it. There's that one splash page in the beginning where it looks – It's like the
1: third page of the book, right?
0: Right, right, right. Where
1: it's just a huge – yeah, the huge stone sculpture basically.
0: Right, and that looks so much like that shot from Alien, the first Alien movie where they go in to – they go in and they search into where they, they found the spaceship and there's that kind of pilot before they knew they were the engineers back in the 70s when they first made the first Alien movie. And he's sitting there with a – it looked just like that. and I you know, you know, ah, that's where they got that idea from. And it's just so great and huge and the detail to the technology and the little itty bits of technology and the lines and the – like these circuit boards.
1: The, the level of details is crazy. Consider it was definitely all done by, by hand with no computer enhancements right. back then, you know? Yeah,
0: and so the Celestials are coming back and this is the fourth time the Celestials have come to planet Earth and they are going to now take 50 years to judge the planet and see if they should...
1: Destroy it or... Destroy it or right. not, I guess. So depending on when the movie takes right. place, if they go this story... <laughs> if if it's a prequel, we know that Earth was not destroyed. But I, I don't think they're going to do the, this storyline. Right. Um It would be pretty cool to have some celestials come to
0: Earth. I mean, they might allude to – Yeah, they they definitely have to have the celestials walking the Earth at some point. Um, I heard that the the movie would be set a million years ago. Cool. Yeah. So they don't touch any of the storyline. I mean, they might have that um, because in the new Neil Gaiman storyline – is run on it they kind of retconned everything that the Eternals all had lost their memory so they didn't know they were Eternals and they were kind of like being brought back to it we didn't read those but um, that's what I understand they might do that as like a framing device to, as they're remembering they go back a million years in the past to remember what happened
1: Th- that would be interesting I mean it, there are parts in the, in the, in the story where um, the, the Eternals were affecting like major events like there's the, the Noah's Ark stuff. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. right where yeah. they,
1: uh, yeah, where they, they discovered Noah's Ark kind of thing. And they mentioned something else I, I can't think because of. Because
0: the of flood it took place because the Celestials like bombed the, Deviants, like, uh, the Deviant City and then the cross caused the, the flood. flooding. And then Icarus was flying and helped a boat with a lot of animals get to, uh, get, get to safety. And it goes, and they mistook me for a bird. Right, right. <laughs> And then he goes, and then, and then exclamation point, the, the, uh, professor Damien was like, Oh my gosh, he was there for the flood. Um, right. right. Uh, and then, and then, uh, one of the characters, Ajak, which we'll talk about, it was again, c- confused with Quetzalcoatl in the Incan myth. So it's not just biblical. It's not just Incan. It's not just, uh, Greek gods. It's, it's like this, um, this uh, huge stew of all these different mythological threads going through, uh, right?
1: Basically, stick them in a blender, turn it on, and uh, right, th- this is what you get.
0: So, big, big uh, characters in this are the Celestials, not just the Eternals. We have the Deviants, um, and there's a lot of locations. So, one of the big locations, and this is not, this is not a spoiler, and we'll get to, we'll get to him later. Um, Thanos was a, an Eternal. So, I'm, I was reading up on it. Thanos. Mother and father right. were eternal, well, but there was, the eternal, was that right? rogue gene within the code, so deviant uh, – de- the deviant kind of gene expressed itself. So when the mother saw uh, – Thanos' mother saw him for the first time, he wanted to, she wanted to kill him, and they, they, they exiled him, I guess, over to Titan. Right. Because they were the, the deviant uh, – they were the Eternals from Olympia mount do, olympus do,
1: do you think thanos shows up in the movie
0: uh yeah i do i think he I, is I think a, younger so than, a younger thanos
1: I, I i was gonna say almost like a kid yeah a teenager kind of thing yeah.
0: i mean it depends how what their Star Fox casting is but we'll get to we'll get to that because uh eros Star Fox uh is his brother and we'll get to that right. yeah so we have titan now in in the real world titan is is a moon of Saturn. And traditionally in uh, Marvel Comics 616, Titan, the the Eternals, a certain percentage of the population of the Eternals lived on Titan. In the MCU 616, Titan is a planet that is in another solar system. Um, So that's one possible location. Uh, takes place in the Nazca lines, and then there is the last um, place, Lemuria, uh, is where the deviants live. One of the places where the deviants live, and it's kind of like an Atlantis themed. Right. But it was.
1: It's an underwater city, basically.
0: Right, but this Atlantis theme that takes place like in the Pacific Ocean, so it's kind of uh, um, Eastern mythology version of Atlantis. And there's actually, there's, there's actually a place called Lu, like Lu or Mu or Lu. I forget what it is. I have to look it up. So it's, it's again, another thing where it's just uh, dim sum picking and choosing from uh, mythology throughout history.
1: Right. In, uh, in Avengers Endgame, they actually mentioned the, the earthquake under Wakanda. I know we talked about this being uh, mo- most likely Atlantis and that it was Namor that, that's under. there. But what if it's actually the, yeah. the Deviants and it's Lumeria? And it's actually setting up Eternals, and then the Eternals could appear in Black Panther. Um.
0: Yeah that that would that would be awesome.
1: I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they they'd go that route. I think it, Black Panther versus Namor would be awesome. Yeah. So I, I I definitely think that's the way that they're gonna go, but uh, it's just fun to think about
0: and speculate. I think they're gonna lay a lot of seeds. Um, I think stuff like. Um, you might have Odin pop in like there's a delegation from Asgard. And then they have Odin there with a couple of people and then like a younger actor playing Odin or something like that. Um, so there's a lot of things they can touch upon and kind of reference um, because the Marvel history, comic book history is so convoluted. You can kind of do anything with it. I think they're going to try and simplify it, but they have to give a tip of the hat I think to Asgard because it is similar and Icarus is so much like Thor that uh it you know they have to distinguish themselves from the asgardians
1: yeah you you know what uh you know actually i, I think it would be cool because uh in guardians of the galaxy you have nowhere which is a giant celestial head right it would be pretty awesome if if in the eternals it's one of the celestials that ends up dying who eventually becomes that head
0: oh uh, and right. it just floats
1: in space that that would be pretty pretty cool so like you, like you were saying it's probably going to be set in the past but what if like it's almost like uh going through time showing you what happened, and it basically set up a lot of stuff that we know now.
0: do we know the name of the celestial head the the celestial that was nowhere
1: Mm-mm, no i don't I don't think they ever said it
0: so they're unsu- we're unsure about whether this wh- which celestial the celestial head is in guardians of the galaxy, but when they're in there. Um uh the collector shows like some old footage of uh of celestials like destroying a planet and that one of a uh, S on the Searcher, the celestial S on the Searcher, yep. um who's there. And then in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, Star Lord's dad claims to be a celestial.
1: Yeah, as far as I know, ego's not, right? In the the comics. No,
0: in the comic books, he is not.
1: He's just a planet, basically.
0: Yeah. So, A, there could be two things. A, that he's correct, and they they change it for the MCU, that uh, Ego is a celestial or two. He's, uh, Ego just kind of wants to be a celestial, and he's being braggadocious, and kind of uh, being like, yes, I'm going to become a celestial. I'm going to be this. So he's kind of... You know, patting himself on the back, trying to right. make himself something he's not, which he that his character is capable of doing.
1: Right, very, very, very capable. Considering he
0: was a liar about pretty much everything. Whenever he uses the truth, it was to kind of fool people anyway. Right. Right. I, I really loved it. The storytelling is great. It's a couple of issues that are so rampant in comic books of the time. You kind of just ignore it to enjoy what's going on. I talked to one about everybody who's ugly is bad. Everybody who's good looking is, is a good person. And I'm glad because it seems as if they're solving this in casting. The casting call is asking for diversity. diversity. And there's just that kind of those old tropes of uh, the hysterical woman and kind of uh, Icarus has to knock her, knock her out. With his eye beams to get her to safety because she's too hysterical to follow him to run to safety. It's that kind of thing. So, whenever you go back to comic books like this, there's going to be those. And I'm sure that there's a consciousness of that, especially because of their choice of director.
1: Okay, who's going to direct this one?
0: Uh, Chloe Zhao. Um, I'm not familiar with her work she is an indie filmmaker who has been winning awards and a lot of critical acclaim for her work and I think this is one of the things that Marvel Studios is doing now they trusting the directors they have a system and a machine in place to get all the design and special effects so they're able to grab these indie film directors who are good with character and scenes and creating characters we are interested in instead of worrying about the special effects because those special effects are going to be there anyway right. you know and there's uh, and especially with something like Eternals is going to you know rely heavily on you know these giant creatures and all these amazing special effects and strange beings and awesome costumes um, that they kind of tried to do in Thor Ragnarok. Think of Thor Ragnarok, but even more.
1: I was going to say Thor Ragnarok, Guardians, mixture. I would say which essentially Thor Ragnarok is is a remix of uh, Guardians.
0: The costume design in Thor Ragnarok is designed to look like uh, Jack Kirby's drawings. Yep. We have a woman directing. She's a Chinese film director. So it's kind of opening up this idea of diversity into uh, The Eternals. And and what's, I think, why they're choosing it too, again, with The Guardians of the Galaxy, is that they're able to take these these characters who aren't precious to all the the rabid fans, who many people, most people have not read The Eternals.
1: Right. I didn't know who they were until Marvel announced the movie.
0: Right. I I knew them because I saw I knew Cersei from her being in the Avengers in the eighties. I know Star Fox from him being an Avenger in the eighties. But other than that, I know them just as Avenger teammates. I did and I know the Celestials because they showed up here and there because they uh, Marvel really liked the Celestials and they tried to use them a lot. But I never picked up a quote unquote Eternals comic book until Uh, Right before uh, we were going to uh, do this podcast. Oh, speaking of which, we're going to give out a local comic book store shout out. Uh, when I was looking, and I didn't want to read all of The Eternals in digital format. I wanted to, I was looking around for a a trade paperback of the original comics, and I couldn't find it. It was like, uh, like a hardcover online for 500 bucks. And I was like, that, no, no, forget it. I'm not gonna, I can't spend that kind of money for one podcast. But I was driving, and we found Anthony's comic book art it's a great store here
1: the name is just coincidental
0: yeah, yeah right right yeah. i thought that was funny so anthony's comic book art it's located on romeo street in Manaki. that's there by the meadowlands by giant stadium not too far from there a short drive from there and and anthony this is not a comic book store i walked in it is crazy it's a warehouse. There's no real kind of fancy storefront and there's no like new releases in the front. It's really just boxes and boxes of comic books. There's like uh, six guys working there and they have all of them listed in the computer and they could look it up on the computer and run to the, the place. It was just really, really cool. This was like um, – it's insane to, to kind of experience it. You have to go in and check it out. It's not any regular comic book store and it's huge. Um uh, if anybody uh kind of watches um Kevin Smith's uh show Comic oh, Book Men
1: Comic Book Men
0: Yeah yeah the, the, he he Similar uh, to that. the Anthony Schneider I think is the, the the namesake of the store he he made an appearance on there and I went in and I bought some old eternal issues uh for reasonable prices it was pretty cool they were really friendly and helpful and I was able to actually you know open up some old 1970s comic books and uh with all the old ads and everything awesome. it was it was really awesome. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. Anthony's Comic Book Art Collectibles in Imanaki, New Jersey. All right, cool. cool. So we're um uh So
1: you want to get into the characters?
0: Yeah, let's get into let's get into the characters right now. So th- all the 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 list of characters we're doing right now are were detailed in a casting call In Hollywood, so that they could start casting this film. So we're going to break it down, and there's a lot of them. So we're going to go through these really fast, not to spend too much time on them, but just give a quick breakdown of what the characters are. Supposedly, the big lead of uh, this movie is Cersei.
1: The big rumor with uh, Angelina Jolie, right? Yeah, Angelina Jolie.
0: Right, right. That they were going to cast Angelina Jolie. The thing with the Eternals is that they all have the. Pretty much the same superpowers, flight, super strength, speed, mental powers, matter manipulation, but each one of them kind of specializes in their... Powers, so they, they kind of focus on one, so they're the master of that one. And the thing with Cersei is, is that she can change the atomic structure of things, so she could turn uh, like a balloon into concrete, and it would fall to the ground or something like that. Uh, very much like Element Lad from the Legion of Superheroes in DC. She
1: she also has a magic mirror that she talks into.
0: Yeah, right. A magic mirror, right? To She's, to
1: communicate with a, yeah. with a lip is very much like Snow White and uh, right that exactly. that kind of thing
0: right and 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 she in the very those very first issues she's described yeah she was the circe c i r c e not s i s e r s i circe from the odyssey so in in the comic it's saying that's that same circe from uh, homer's odyssey where they where she turns odysseus's um crew into pigs right so the uh Second big character, and this is the big character, uh, is Icarus, which we've already talked about. He's always the protagonist of, uh, even though it's a big cast of characters, he's always the protagonist.
1: And he flies. And he,
0: fl- he flies. He's-
1: in-, in case you couldn't figure that out, he flies. He, uh,
0: he eye beams and he puts a beat down on people. I,
1: I mean, did, did a lot of this remind you of, like Superman almost, where he's uh, just shooting st- shooting lasers out of his eyes and flying around, just no no cape?
0: Right, right, yes. Yeah, so sh- Superman with no cape, which is perfect for this podcast right, right. namesake, right? Right, exactly. So Icarus. So there's a couple of casting rumors for Icarus. You want to read those off?
1: Yeah, you have uh, Richard Madden who played uh, Rob Stark on Game of Thrones.
0: So this was, yeah, this was a that was a big rumor for a while, and it still is. But Rob Stark, the uh, the young wolf who met his demise. At the red wedding.
1: D- didn't realize how many Game of Thrones spoilers we we'd be throwing at you this episode.
0: I know, right? You know, so many. When I'm going over casting and who I would cast, I got to stop myself from putting Game of Thrones people. I'm going, no, no, don't put another Game of Thrones person. Don't put another Game of Thrones. But I did put a couple. But they work so well, <laughs> right? Hey, everybody's doing it. So, but he would be great. But last few days, Keanu Reeves is being attached to um, Icarus. And they were talking about, I, I heard some, and this is all rumors and speculation, but that there's Cersei and Icarus would be love interests. And I don't, I, I only, I heard that a couple of places. And I think that maybe, because Richard Madden might be, you know, maybe not age appropriate. Now, of course, we're going to say that because what? Because the woman is older, right? And But we wouldn't have any problem if it was reversed, which is true. You know, Hollywood will, will, will allow for... Fifty-year-old to be cast alongside a twenty-five-year-old love interest, but uh, I think Keanu Reeves would be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't get from the the comics that they were love interests at all. No. Um, you know, I mean, we we only read like we said the first seven. I think the original Kirby run is nineteen issues. Um, I'm I'm actually interested to finish all of them.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 going to so do I, that. So I think I'm gonna yeah. going to keep going. I I think Keanu Reeves would be great. Um, and the, it's a kind of thing where. There's so many characters, and you know Keanu Reeves and Angelina Jolie are gonna are gonna. It's they're gonna cost so much to have in every single film that you introduce the Eternals, but there's a dozen dozens of them, so you could just kind of grab whomever and throw them in whatever film, and you don't have to have Angelina Jolie to have an Eternals movie because there's so many others to take their place. Right. The next one is uh, it's called Piper, on the cat the. Casting call, uh, and everyone is talking about it being sprite, right? And sprite is they're talking because uh, in uh, Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream, they have Puck, and he's called been called the sprite in that. So this character is supposed to be kind of the character of Puck in Midsummer Night's Dream, and uh, so there is no casting rumors. Uh well there were some cast, you know, fan casting but my fan cast pick for Sprite it's kind of like a mercurial little troublemaker young troublemaker peter pan type uh character and uh i put down here um and and they they're looking for uh female actress um Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones of course
1: Wolfsbane from the Never Coming Out New Mutants
0: <laughs> Yeah Wolfsbane from the never yeah right uh, but I, I don't know. I put that one, I guess that's a little lazy on my part.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I'm not familiar enough with the character to even uh, go into it because she, she or he were, was not in the issues that we read. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to trust you and, and, I mean, Maisie Williams and anything would be awesome.
0: Other people online were talking about uh, the young actress from Stranger Things, 11.
1: Oh, M- Millie, Millie Bobby Brown?
0: Millie Bobby Brown. Right, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, so that would be that would work too. The next character
1: is... Stranger Things pod coming uh, when the new season
0: drops. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. All right, the next character is Zuras, who is Zeus from Greek mythology. Um, so he's uh, pretty much the exact same thing, just more technology.
1: Yeah, and they, they uh, basically confirmed that he... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Hercules, right? Yeah. Hercules is who I'm thinking. Her- Hercules has been confirmed for the movie, right? Sorry. Yeah. Um, back to Zeus.
0: Uh, so Zeus, um I said, Hey, you know, let's have a diverse cast, um, Forrest Whitaker. But then of course you remind me that Forrest Whitaker is in, already a uh, black, black Panther. Panther.
1: So then I said, Why not James Earl Jones?
0: James Earl Jones, yeah.
1: And then you thought he was dead, and I said, No, he's actually not.
0: <laughs> so- <laughs> is James Earl Jones alive? That's t- terrible of me. Terrible of me.
1: Yeah, so 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 Darth Darth Vader as Zeus.
0: So oh. also one of the rumored uh, fan cast, there's fan casting about who would be good as Zeus was Viggo Mortensen from Lord of the Rings trilogy, Aragorn of Arathorn.
1: Keanu Reeves actually wouldn't be bad either.
0: No doubt. There's a couple of places that Keanu can fit into this film. There's about, yeah, if we, if we, called, if we talk about Zuras at the same time, um, you could have, uh, uh, there's already three that he could possibly be. Um, the next one, Makari. Can you guess which uh Greek god that's supposed to be?
1: Yeah, that that's Mercury. Mm-hmm. They flat out say it in the in the Eternals comic book.
0: Um
1: <laughs> the, you, you'll, you'll find there's a lot. Uh for example there's Athena, who in The Eternals is Thena. So they, they got a little lazy on that one. Yeah. At least Makari is kind of spelled pretty cool. It's, I think it's M-A-K-K-A-R-I.
0: And guess what he's really good at? Running fast. <laughs> running really fast, right? <laughs> they, he's good they
1: even they even make the joke. Does he ever stop running?
0: Yeah, and this is the root ru- now. Now this is not my casting or fan cast. It's not T casting or fan casting. the The rumor mill is saying that this actor is cast as Makari.
1: Yeah, uh, Camille Nangiani, who you might know as D- Dinesh from Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I think he's awesome. Yeah, um, he
1: he he is pretty pretty great
0: good you could see they're they're gonna you know it's gonna be also some jokes in this film It won't be you know a super dark film now the next character i did not cast uh and this one they they have it listed as karen and they have it open to a variety of ages and there's no um, specific ethnicity around it but the character is karen but everybody's Thinking that In it's the comics,
1: mo- it would be Margo, right?
0: Mar, right, Mar, yeah. I put Morgan, Margo, Damien, right? Yeah, it says Margo Damien. It's the swooning, uh, archaeologist's daughter who. Uh, but I what I think they're going to do is they're going to combine Professor Damien, which was the old guy, and
1: right, her father, her
0: father, right?
1: So the story starts with with Car- um uh, not Karen uh Margo, her father and Ike Harris, basically Indiana Jones, and then uh. Going through the tombs that, that we were talking about earlier, or the you know the ancient underground city. So yeah, what we, we are saying makes make sense. Just combine them into one character because you don't really need the father, depending on what story they're going to tell. Um, and there's there's tons of other characters here that that could fit the bill.
0: Okay, so the next uh, the next character um, is Star Fox or Eros is his name E R O S and eros from greek mythology uh eros for, for the hence the word erotic right um and he's the kind of a love god and um his uh really good power is um uh rapey telepathy where it gets people to let lower their inhibitions and open to suggestion uh which is very very <laughs> problematic and that i i really would like to know how they handle star fox but the big thing about star fox i think maybe uh and he was in the avengers for a long time uh and he is like uh um, you know uh ladies man you know always looking for a good time but the big thing about uh, uh star fox is Thanos' brother he's thanos's brother this is a movie with thanos's brother in it right so Uh, Don't be surprised if we see a younger Thanos in here. All right, moving along, Druig. Druig is an Eternal, but he is a villainous Eternal. What what we know about him is that he played a minor role in the original Kirby run, but was brought to the head in uh, the Neil Gaiman run, and he uh, took on a larger role. So he's probably going to be the big bad, and... Keanu Reeves has been rumored for this role as well.
1: Sounds like uh he could be all over the place. Maybe they can uh CGI some of these characters and he can just provide the voice.
0: Okay, next one coming along is The Forgotten One, uh, also known as Gilgamesh from Sumerian mythology. He was in the Avengers a lot as well. Very much just a big a big bruiser, fighter, very much Along the lines of Hercules, and there's the rumored casting for this is a uh, Korean actor, Dong Seok Ma. Uh, he's rumored for this. I saw some foot. I'm not familiar with him, but I saw a little YouTube video of him kicking butt in a movie. He is like built like a tank and could put a beat down on somebody. So, and that goes along with the character. My cat, that's so maybe, I, maybe he shows up in uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah maybe he shows up in shang Oh, wow right but right, so is he a villain or or uh... no, um so no he's Gil- Gil- gilgamesh uh is a hero like hercules from sumerian mythology he's uh he's you know he he can be cruel but he's always painted as the hero so he's an eternal that
1: so so yeah. he, he could be uh Sh- right. shang chi's mr Miyagi basically
0: in the Eternals, he was banished from the Eternals, and then he came back. So he was the Forgotten One. But um, before I saw the Korean actor Don Seok uh, being casting rumors, I was thinking Pedro Pascal. I will cast Pedro Pascal in every single one of these.
1: You would you would cast them as every single thing too. It seems it seems like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would see a movie where every character is Pedro Pascal. Yeah,
1: Cersei, Pedro Pascal in a wig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the next one and you were you were talking about uh this character before Thena sounds a lot like M- Athena, Athena. Yeah. right from again from G- uh, Greek uh, Greek mythology, mythology the yeah. goddess of the hunt um in uh um, and she was in the first six issues of the comic book right
1: Yeah she she appeared yeah cuz i actually checked a couple times i'm like did they mean Athena or is that a typo i'm like oh no it's definitely Thena they just got lazy on, on naming that yeah, character Yeah yeah
0: uh, she is one of the big fighters. Of course, what weapon did she have? Athena had her bow. She's the hunt goddess of the hunt, so she had her bow. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she had her bow. She was your weapon. So she was up there, front lines, tough fighter. She's not going uh, uh, she, to be the... relegated. She's the
1: pretty Hawkeye. Yeah, right.
0: Well, and, and of course, with super strength, super this, mental power. Right, right, right. Right. Uh, healing factor. Uh, maybe I, I'm going off the reservation here, but I, I you know, and I, uh, uh, I wanted to see uh, diversity in casting, and going off the reservation in terms of this is more of no, this actor is more known for her humorous uh, roles, but Leslie Jones,
1: Leslie, Leslie Jones
0: for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> she,
1: she ain't afraid of no ghosts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, you know. You know, obviously, like any actor, you go and you go, you got to get, you know, you got to get your physicality ready for the role. But I think she would be a complete badass. I think that might work. It's a it's rolling the dice, but I think that might work. Leslie Jones is Athena from Greek mythology. <laughs> that would be great.
1: Oh, I can hear the fanboys cringing now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, the next character that has been the, in the casting call is Eliseus. and uh, this was asking for uh, uh, a female actor. And um, again, they were kind of thinking, would this be Angelina Jolie? Now. Elysia uh, is a robot. I'm not really familiar with the character, but she became the love interest for Marvel, Captain Marvel, later in the comic books. But she is an android, synthzoid created um, on Titan to have all the powers of an eternal. So she's a synthetic uh, being. And then they talked about Angelina Jolie being for that character. I'm not really don't know too much about you know, how her character manifests or kind of thing. But, um, you know, I, I kind of thought of Jocasta, you know. Um, but Th-
1: That's what it sounds like because, I mean, that, that's a new character on me, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Okay, and then there's this blank one. They didn't give a name and they call it a male lead. And everywhere, everywhere on the internet is that this is rumored to be Hercules of Greek myth. And it's also been...
1: Well, I mean, that fits with Olympia.
0: Right, right. Olympia, Zeus, everything. And they're talking about it being the first uh, openly gay character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I see a lot of people up in arms on, um, on the, the message boards and uh, on the internet, the terrible place that the internet is. But... If you read the original texts and stories of Hercules, it fits right in because Hercules uh, was uh, very much – A dabbler. Very much bisexual and so that's not – it's not a surprise to people who know the story of Hercules, the real story of Hercules beyond the Disney movie. Um, And what's completely always being attached to this character is the actor Luke Evans from – the Hobbit, the role he played in the well, Hobbit. Oh, he was
1: in the Hobbit. He's right. he's been in a couple of the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, he
0: has. Is he any good the, in those?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's not bad. They're, they're, yeah. You know, those movies are entertaining. I yeah. I don't mind them. Uh,
0: I like I liked him in the Hobbit. All my criticisms of the Hobbit needing to be one movie instead of three. Yeah. I like Luke Evans in that, and I think he do a really good job. I think he do a really good job. So that is the entire cast. That's a long cast list. There's a lot of characters no, there, here. There's a couple more. Right these are extra characters that i added okay these are the ca- the, uh, oh, the ones up until now those were all put out as a ca- on the casting calls all right so those ca- characters will be in the film if they're, whether they're named or not now there's a couple of interesting characters here that i think um will probably show up in this movie uh first one is mentor Alars. uh Um, And his name has been spoken in
1: Infinity War by the Red Skull, right
0: by the Red Skull, because when Thanos came up uh, for the soul gem,
1: son of Alors,
0: son of son of Alors, this is mentor and he's the father of Thanos and Star Fox,
1: right? And, and like we said, if Star Fox is going to be in this movie, so is Thanos and so is th- their father, who is the – Right, 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 right. I, I, he's an eternal, I believe, right? We talked about this earlier. Um, yeah, I just find it hard to believe that, that they won't include these characters, which I, I'm assuming they want to keep as uh, secret. What if this is who Keanu Reeves is playing? Mm, maybe.
0: Um, when, you know, the first time I read, about, read this character, it was in the um, prestige format, Death of Captain Marvel. When I, I my, my, my brother had bought that when we were kids, and we still have the copy. Um, and it was like Captain, when Captain Marvel was dying, it was on Titan. Mentor was I think it was even his house or something, his palace or something like that. So Alars. And it's another one of these characters, like he always kind of hangs out with the collector too, and they kind of look alike. So I was looking at that. Peter Capaldi. Uh, Peter Capaldi of Doctor Who fame. I loved Peter Capaldi all the way back to this movie, and you got to check this out one night. Uh, one of these crazy uh, Layer of the White Worm. It's a low-budget British uh, horror movie made back in the early '80s. It is awfully good. It's 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 ter- so terrible. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Peter and uh, Peter Capaldi was in that, and of course, if. Mentors in it. Yeah, Thanos, gonna of be course.
1: Yeah, we, we we already speculated it's probably going to be younger, yeah, yeah, yeah. younger version. I yeah. I think that makes sense. Right. Sh- show the right. birth of Thanos.
0: So, the next character is one of the character that in the first six issues of the Eternals had a big role, and I'm surprised he's not on the he's list. He's pretty prominent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I'm surprised he wasn't part of the official. uh, okay, uh The official cast. T- tell
0: us about the character.
1: Yeah, so he's basically. Um, comes across as, as like the king eternal kind of kind of deal uh, full armor with a huge headdress and, and he's, he's he's the one doing most of the exposition explaining how the, the eternals were created and uh, you, you know going through the motions
0: so what happened is Ajax was an eternal and his team of Incan warriors were dis- molecularly disassembled ages ago and saved, almost like Transporter in Star Trek, but was never re-energized, and was kept in the information banks of this Incan temple in South America, near these Nazca-type lines, and Icarus comes to release them and they kind of, so they got kind of transporter back from, you know, whatever transformer buffer they're in. And they re materialize to be able to welcome the gods. And he's in complete like Incan uniform and uh, with the that great headdress. And he's the one that talks to the celestials. One of the eternals that talk is able to communicate with the celestials. Right. Right. And uh so because it was a, uh because he's a, uh, uh Takes place in South America. I was looking for Peruvian actors for this, and I was searching through Peruvian actors, and I found uh, Henry Ian Cusick. And you're going to know him from Lost.
1: Yeah, he played Desmond. I think he was right? a
0: character in Lost. So you, look- yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So Desmond from Lost, right? So, uh, so that's re- see you another lifetime, brother. <laughs> right? Exactly.
1: That that was his line. Yeah,
0: and of course. Uh, he was uh, – this character was present during the Battle of Troy. So he is Ajax, 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 not the cleanser, the Greek hero. And uh, he was also mistaken not just for that, but also Quetzalcoatl in Incan mythology. So, again, all these kind of things where mythology uh, is uh, is all mixed up with all this amalgam of, of mythologies going on. Um, and we have one last thing, one here on our list because – The Deviants play such a big role in the comic book, there's no Deviant on the cast list.
1: Right. And there's actually three pretty big ones um, in the first couple issues. There's the one you have here on on your list is is Crow. Warlord Um, Crow, right, right, right. Warlord Crow, right. He was basically the the main antagonist the the entire time. Right. Uh, His boss was Toad. He looked like Boss Nass
0: from Phantom Menace, didn't he?
1: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Certainly did. Yeah. And uh, and and then the last one was was Domo. Uh Domoma, I think we, he was basically a guy in a chair. Um, yeah. that that was floating around. Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so I mean, I'm surprised they don't have Deviance. I'm su- I'm sure Deviance will be around. Will the character Durig like like lead the Deviance? See, I'm because they're all um,
1: monster-looking characters, I'm wondering if they'll just be CGI, um, similar to like the uh, the Chitauri, yeah, where in Avengers One where we could just have because they were all basically the same thing. Just some were green, some were brown. They they look like giant lizard men, basically. Yeah. So I'm wondering if if you can do that. I mean, there were there were some points where I'm looking at them and I'm like, that kind of looks like Fing Fing Foom. Yeah. Cool. No doubt. So right, I'm right, wondering right. if they would do something like that because, you know, that that was only teased in Iron Man, right? The very first movie on a poster.
0: Uh, you know why it looks like Fing Fang uh, Foom to you? Because you were reading those Daredevil issues by John Romita Jr. where he's in hell fighting uh, or if he fought Fing Fang Foom, right?
1: I, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I believe yeah, so, because, yeah. Because John Romita yeah. Jr. did the, the art on the um, Neil Gaiman. Uh, right so he does yeah they're, 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 those are really cool yeah right? so there's going to be the deviance in there i hope they do a little bit like like the scrolls where you know that you know it's just not quote unquote evil race because i yeah. You know, hopefully but we're beyond you know that.
1: what th- that's essentially what they were in in these issues right because in the beginning they're, they're the antagonists and then through the middle later half of the issues they basically team up with the eternals to right basically go against the celestials and uh the main guy, Crow, that we were just talking about, he can change his appearance. Right. And people actually thought he was the devil because he had horns. And he's like, oh, you don't like my horns? And he made them go away.
0: He did that by design. Yeah. Right. He did that by design, right? Yeah. So, uh, again, trying to just kind of piggyback on on mythology. And it's this kind of thing where, you know, it's kind of sad that these this entire species of people, their genes are always altering, and they can't keep a form, and they always look different, and they're 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 kind of suffering. I I I feel bad for the deviants, and I hope they uh they they don't just do quote unquote evil race, but I I don't I don't think I think that
1: it'll be a little um, more Marvel complex d- than than just black and white yeah. good and evil. I I, I would yeah, think, and right. I I would hope. Um, yeah, what what one of the scenes that that I did like because I'm reading these and I'm like these don't connect to like the larger universe at all, really. And then there's a scene in a courtroom where the Eternals are basically explaining to humans who they are and they they think that they're using some kind of polar tricks and that it's all fake. And Cersei turns one of the guys in the crowd, he turns his face into... uh, the Thing from Fantastic Four.
0: Ben Grimm, right?
1: Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's pretty great. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get like a nod like that in, in this movie, which would be pr- pretty hilarious for, for people like us who actually read the comics or people like you who've listened to these episodes now and you say, hey, <laughs> do you know that these guys said that, uh, you know, they, they turn him into Ben
0: Grimm? And listen, folks, I know we just gave you a lot of information and told you all this stuff about all these characters that you've never heard of. But guess what? Uh, in a year and a half? You heard of them now. You heard, you heard of them now, and in a year and a half, you're going to be walking out of the movie uh, really loving it, because I think this is, gonna, this is a great idea on Mar- from Marvel to be doing uh, this.
1: Yeah, I'm all for something new and uh, totally different.
0: And, and again, I I'll always repeat this, that they can really dig into these characters and develop them in a way that you couldn't do with, like, Batman- or you can't do with Spider-Man; they're so precious to the fans that you could you could do really anything with Icarus, and people would be cool with it because
1: it's Guardians of the Galaxy all over again, right? People didn't know enough about them to care, and then, and you know they they weren't holding it so close,
0: right? So the Eternals will be the Eternals in the movie, and it's coming from really arguably the. Greatest comic book writer artist of all time, Jack Kirby. Yeah. Um.
1: And w- w- what's the motto of the Eternals? You remember?
0: No, why? why he...
1: No, because every time I read it, it, it made me laugh because it also made me think of Game of Thrones. It's uh, Eternals can be hurt, but they cannot be killed. And I, I kept thinking of what is dead may never die. <laughs> yeah,
0: Greyjoys, right? How's Greyjoys? Grey yeah, Joy, right. Awesome. <laughs> yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was a lot of information and casting for Marvel's uh, next movie on the docket. After there's going to be Spider-Man, then there's going to be Black Widow, then there is the Eternals. So if you've never heard of these characters, you've heard them here, heard about them here first.
1: Yep. Yeah. So uh, you know, thanks to everybody who's listened, uh, who gave us a comment, right, on Facebook. Uh, iTunes, all the other media platforms, and uh, all the ratings that came through. We, we appreciate them all.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely great that we have over 200 views at, at this point. What are we at right yeah, now? 200. More, we're, right? we're over 200. 200 downloads, views down to 200 downloads. Yeah. So thank you, everybody who's listening, and thank you for all your support. Uh, we'd like to start responding to tweets. You add us in tweets if you have any questions or something you'd like us to talk about.
1: Yeah, and, and follow us. Help us get our followers up.
0: Uh, give us a shout out, and we'll try and do like a tweet of the week or something like that. So
1: on uh, on Twitter, not all pods. On Instagram, not all pods. And uh, search us on iTunes at Not All Podcasts Wear Capes. Take care.
0: All right, thank you, everybody. Not all podcasts wear capes is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production with executive producers Anthony Spedavecchia and Andrew Tehran. This episode was edited by Andre 3.0 Marks, with additional writing and research by Marcel Lopes.
1: Hashtag We're Loki at.